Hello, and welcome back to 16 Candle Cubes, the place where the 80s passed the death save. Hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> last we left off, uh, we were travelling through the Cauldron Caves on the, the eastern shores of Lake Dinshire, and prime location for any discerning uh, landowners. Um, yes, you guys were travelling through the caves trying to find the fishermen that had gone missing recently. And uh, found that they were part of a. We found them. You you, you found parts of them. <laughs> we did. <laughs> uh, as yeah. you uh, as you found uh, a succubus in the in the the, the back end of the caverns uh, with a cauldron of plenty, which allows for uh, quite quite a, a large amount of food to be created out of mere water um, by the sentient artifact knowledge thing of the cauldron of plenty for every gallon it can feed 12 people and it's it's wonderful and yada 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 um you guys cleaned it up and uh stuck it on the back of your uh resident goliath and started heading back off into east haven so as it is now the 9th of autumn um though you couldn't tell from outside as you enter back out you were here, you arrived in East Avon in the early afternoon, evening, and it looked like night time. You come out on the early hours, so about 9, 10 o'clock after all has been said and done, back onto the, the Lake Dinshire shore, and it looks like night time still. There is no change to the skies. There is a continuous glowing green, like ephemeral moon hanging up in the air, but other than that, it, you you would think it was the dead of night. Um, as you start to head back over towards East Haven, there is a visible kind of chaoticness to the city street, the town streets. Um, it was quite quiet when you arrived here in the early afternoon the day before. There was hustle and bustle of people going about their business, but because of the cold and also the lack of like things to do in East Haven, people weren't exactly. Plowing the streets for their, like advice and things they want. Um, as you get back to East Haven, you notice that there is a hubbub, kind of local anxiety building up. Uh, people seem you hear talks of something's been stolen from the town hall, um, and there seems to be quite a bit of a uh, quite a bit of uh, like oh have you heard oh uh, yes oh but you can't really pick up much detail. It's just in passing. Even when you try to listen in on people, you can't seem to pick up much detail other than something has been stolen from Town Hall over the night. I imagine, unless anyone would like to go anywhere else, that you are heading back to Town Hall to receive payment yeah. for your things. Quite fitting. Uh, as you arrive in Town Hall, again, this large kind of Viking hall with the walling down either side so it's not an open hut. Uh, you see the tables laying around. Everyone seems to be uh, away from the desk and around a central room uh, of the uh, or central area of the room. Uh, there is a rather clean-looking older gentleman with grey wisps of hair spouting out of his temples and following back in a very monkish-looking haircut. Um, though you can see from the stray strands that still sit on top of his head, this is not by choice; it's by genetics. Um, and they are all—he's in this kind of very 
ceremonial dark blue and black robe and is talking to the group at large as they are all sat around. You can see um, that um, Alagath is uh, stood a couple of inches away from him in that kind of like number two position as he uh, talks to everyone. And as you arrive, you hear the final ends of it as you hear we understand that people aren't happy and we understand that you want answers. All we can say is we're going to be looking into it as soon as we have the capability. Uh, Alagath has already sent men in chase and we will not rest until we have found the culprits and brought them to justice. It is one thing to lose our son. It's another thing to lose our presence entirely. Please return back to your day. And he bows and starts to step away from the group. Everyone disperses gently and heads back towards their desks and areas outside of the building. What would you guys like to do? I would like to run over to him and say, Excuse me, so sorry, we just got back and walked into the middle of all this. What's happening? As you run up, uh, there is a moment where... Um, Arlegaf, who is following in flank, uh, grabs for her, her hilt of a sword, and then seeing you stops and places the hand back in a more relaxed fashion. Um, as you say this, the older man looks down towards you. You can see quite watery, pale eyes looking down at you, but a quite happy-looking smile. Ah, you must be uh, one of our... Uh, you are one of our hired help, I believe. That's right. Uh, Arlegaf leans forward and goes, yes, um, she was one of the few who went to look into the fisherman, and I was waiting for a port. Um, sorry, uh, allow me to introduce you. Uh, Speaker Whalen, this is one of the local um, rat catchers, if you will. And she kind of scowls a little bit and then uh, returns back to position. He smiles and goes, ah, okay. Always used to dream of being sort of your kind of uh, <laughs> when I was younger maybe but no um, do, uh, ah, and as you guys are coming up uh, into the room now ah, seems you've wrapped, uh, roped in our, our uh, local icebreaker as well. Kodar are you well? And Kodar just kind of smiles sheepishly and continues walking with the large cauldron on his back <laughs> Um, yes, sorry, um, like I was saying, we've just got back. Uh, what's happening? Uh, they both look at one another, uh, and then Speaker Whalen looks down towards you again. He's quite a tall gentleman. Uh, even in human standards, he's about six, seven foot. And although, you know, you've been spending the last few hours next to Kodar, who is about eight or nine, you are still surprised by the height of this man as he looks down towards you and Basically, um, and he gestures behind him towards the centre of the back of the hall. Our sigil of East Haven has been taken by thieves throughout the night. Oh, we have, I'm so sorry. We have sent two men in chase. Uh, we believe they were dwarven in nature. Uh, they have uh, fled uh west of here last seen uh, heading out according to one of the scouts who have returned from their tracks uh, was seen heading towards uh, Goodmead I believe 
Oh, it's good mead. But please, sorry, I I wouldn't want to uh, wouldn't want to weigh any of our burdens upon your shoulders. You seem to have done us quite a service already. Please, uh, uh, Captain Algaf, would you like to chat with your hirelings, and I will uh, retire for now. And he kind of bows gently and starts to walk away. Is is Argalath coming over to us? Or? She is still stood in place, and she just she's looking really disapproving. She very ceremonially stands watching as the speaker leaves, and as you notice, yeah. he's now out of earshot. She steps forward and goes, "Right, okay, thank you for the abrupt entrance. Any news on our fisherman?" <laughs> yes, we found them in a way. Um, it's not in a bad way. Yeah. They died honorably. And Kodar just nods as he yes. as he uh, as he tries to back up the three of you. Uh, Erica was about to say something else, but when Kodar says that, she just kind of shuts her mouth and smiles. Like, yeah, he what he said. <laughs> ah. Okay. Well, at least they are at rest and not being left astray in the snow and the tundra. I would rather them be at peace. Uh, I mean, I would rather they be alive, but (laughs) I would would prefer them to not suffer the winter's wrath. Um, Please, and she gestures towards her desk area, towards the back of the hall again. Um, If it's any use to you, we've got uh, we've got this, gesturing to the cauldron. We picked this up along the way, it's a cauldron of plenty we thought that the town might need it garland (laughs) garland slaps the cauldron and (laughs) says uh this uh this bad boy can fit so many gallons of water in it and make meals it it makes meals out of water yep that's what i said okay could uh i have a group persuasion check you'll have advantage you may. I have Persuasion, not said eh? but you may. Persuasion? Yeah. Oh, I know, geez. I'm looking at what my persuasion modifier is. Oh, that's not perfect, is it? I swear to God, 15. if Kodar gets it. 15, excellent. Yeah. 15, Erica. 16. 15. No, oh, 16 for Kodar. Uh, sorry, 15 for Erica, was that? Yes. That's right. So I have a minus one in persuasion, but I rolled a 19 and a 20. So a 19 altogether, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, that will be a resounding good one with uh, with the high rolls that everyone's getting. Um, you all kind of do that best salesman smile and showing off the cauldron. And she kind of gen- goes from the kind of very deadpan face to a gentle smile and goes, you are becoming more and more useful to me by the day. This is amazing. Uh, please, if you would like to set it down, Koda uh, gestures towards the uh, towards the side of her desk and pulls us water skin from her her pouch. He places it. She pours the water in and stirs it. And you watch the water enter. But the moment she like reaches in and swills it, you smell stew coming out of the uh, of the cauldron. And she looks down as it starts to almost fill up more with the viscous nature of stew. The water starts to expand and create more food 
That is incredible. My reaction to this is to keep smiling because they don't know what was last in the cauldron. Mm -hmm. The smell is reminding me of what was last in the cauldron. Mm -hmm. And I'm choosing to just smile through the wanting to vomit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. They don't need to know. That's right. So I'll Um, keep smiling like a crazy person. She sets back up and pulls from underneath her desk a large chest and opens it and goes, Well, um... I managed to arrange payment for your services. Um, For the group at large, there are 500 gold for your information on the fisherman and places several large pouches of gold on the desk. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do you have a selling price for your cauldron or are you you, uh, willing to uh, give it as an offer of goodwill? Uh, Nerenef would insist on giving it. Yeah. I'm. Erica's looking awkwardly at the other two to say we are going to give it, right? <laughs> yeah. Kodar just starts coughing at <coughs> thousand gold! Thousand gold! No, no, this is a wonderful <laughs> artifact and we found it. It's not ours to sell, so have it. Welcome. Boils blood. Garland will whisper to Kodar. These two just don't know anything about business. He knows everything about artifacts, though. It belongs in a museum. (laughs) We belong in a museum. Uh, as uh, as uh, there are daggers drawn from the dwarf and the Goliath, um, <laughs> daggers thrown back by Nereneth. Excellent. Yeah. No. Roll for initiative. No, don't, don't. Um, the uh, Argoleth just looks between the two, the four of you, and goes, "Well, um, I tell you what, as a gesture of goodwill from our side, because this is going to be feeding many of our people." Uh, she adds an extra five hundred gold on top of the uh, of the payment that you receive. Yeah. It would feel terrible of me to take this item from you after such service. And again, this item is going to serve this town immeasurably. Okay. I might regret saying this. Can I do an inside check on? Please. Yeah, you can make an insight check. No. Oh no. <laughs> this seems fishy. I'm sorry. Oh, Wait, no, that do, was do you Oh. Um, that was that was a three. So no. She I don't get seems to be from what you've already seen of Ar- Arlagaf, and from her demeanor as she is speaking and the, the nature she has just put money on the table. She seems outright just um patriotic or not patriotic but it's that kind of like um it's quite genuine yeah it's ge- it's a genuine it's not trying to uh, like win you over sort of thing or at least with the role you're getting definitely you're not getting that sense but there is that level of like um uh what's the word it's the uh, it's the honor of being an east haven like citizen and 
uh, and having this moment of being able to help her fellow people out and such like that, that comes across as genuine. But uh, obviously, Erica and Nereneth, who didn't want that payment, obviously uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be that that bothered by the uh, by the money that's being offered there, would they? Just stick it in a bag. <laughs> Treasurer has. Oh no, we couldn't possibly. We couldn't possibly. possibly oh, the terrible sliding the entire thing into. Hey, hey, hey! I'm all for giving it. That's fine because I don't want to have to for us to have to look this around. However, if she says here's another five hundred for your troubles, we would be dumb to turn that down. Roger. I would never give her the cauldron and ask her for money. This is my stance. No, that's fine. There's, there is no judgment from my side, is all I'll say. I, I, was making, I was making my character choices clear. That's fine. I might do the the obligatory, oh no, no, don't worry, oh thank you very much, but that's that's all she's getting. That's fine. Um, <laughs> as, I've already as added you... it to the treasury, so maybe take it's, it off. It's on the thing, I'm not editing now. <laughs> I can't possibly edit this now <laughs> so uh what would you guys like to do would you continue speaking with her or do you want to leave i mean uh, i want garland... to go and oh. oh carry on yeah garland would just um ask and say these dwarf that were seen leaving yes I don't suppose that they were Duragar. We have, um, and you can see that there's an awkwardness to her as she's speaking now. Um, it's like not even incited, needed. You could just see the awkwardness of her as she speaks to a dwarf about her lack of knowledge about dwarfs. Um, I would apologize and say that I would not be able to give that information without lying to you. I know that they were dwarven in nature because of their stature, their descriptions from my scout, who uh, is one of the people we sent back out to uh, to try follow up. We know that they were um, they were seen coming from the uh, from from the Easter shores of your uh, of your area you were looking into. Um, but uh, mm. they the, we wouldn't be able to confirm if they were Doragar or Shield Dwarf or any other type of dwarf that might have come across. Um, all I have because is they were heading towards Goodmead. Because we ran into some uh, some Doragar in the Cauldron Caves, and um, it seems like there might have been more of them around. Ah. What were they doing in the cave? If did you manage to surmise anything from them, or? Well, um, we surmised as much as we could before they were killed by a frost giant skeleton. Um, but there was some mention about making a dragon and um, bringing more product, and there was this weird, like purple, black, crystally ice thing that they were chipping out of the wall and she like 
places her hand on her forehead as if getting a stress headache uh, coming up and goes, this explains so much. <sighs> okay, um, these may be connected to your Durgar then. Um, ah, They're not my Durgar. No, uh, apologies. I, I mean that in the... Uh, in the royal, the ones that we found. Yes, the the one that you found, not <clears throat> your specific Durga. <laughs> um, our sigil and each sigil of Ten Towns uh, has been created out of an ancient material known as Shan. Sh oh god, I can't say this word. Yeah, I have I've read it a thousand times and I can't <laughs> say it out loud now. Shardalin. 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 Spelled C H A R. Yeah. D A L Y N. Oh yeah, okay, that's weird. Shovel. It was um it's a it's an it's a magic infused ice that uh that is stronger than steel but much easier to work than steel. Uh it, it there's a local superstition of uh, an ancient sorcerer or wizard who made a tower of some sort of magic crystal uh, thousands of years ago I, 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 I don't follow it myself but essentially when the, the, the crystal was created into this tower apparently the magic seeped into the ice around the tower and thus Shardalin was made it's imbued with the magic of this crystal shard if you will yeah we're looking at you Wizard of the Coast <laughs> thanks for name check thanks for uh Linking in your novel series with this one. <laughs> I mean, you say Crystal Shard to me, and all I hear is Final Fantasy. But carry on. Yep. No, I get you. <laughs> it's that, or things are about to get skexy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Nerd jokes. Eighties <laughs> references. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a dark crystal? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jim no. Henson. Um, anyway. Um. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yes, so uh, um, if you have... I forgot what I was going to say. If you, if you have uh, spotted people trying to dig out ancient shards of Shardlin and... Um, uh, now attending to create something of a beast of it? Did you, did you, um, I'm sorry, I did hear you correctly when you said that. Specifically dragon, yes. I may need to go speak with Speaker Waylon. Um, and she visibly is starting to panic and collect up her notes and stuff like that off the table. Where Did, did they mention where... They were trying to. Did there, was there any name of anything that was dropped? Where are they? Where are they heading? Um. Well, did find a map, and I get the map out, show it. Excellent. Uh, she scans it and looks over the things. As okay, that is disconcerting. Um. What's discon? Sorry, if I'm being dense. Um, what's disconcerting about it? Is this about the place or just about what they're doing? Because I that, totally understand why that would be. Everything about this. Um, okay. That is sunblight. Right. It is. Um, we have heard 
of towns around the area dealing with Duragar being somewhat um, mischievous in the area, but they we, we weren't sure what was happening. Last known location of some people uh, dealing with this was Kerkonig, which is uh, to the um, it would be to the east. Uh, if you feel if you follow the uh, follow the um, the east way back up towards the first junction uh, in it, as if heading towards Brinchanda, and she's tracing this all across the map uh, in front of her. Uh, if you head towards Brinchanda and then take the east way back down towards uh, Kerkonig, uh, you will be able to reach there. It sits at the base of uh, Kelvin's Cairn. Um, there have been essentially a spate of robberies in the area by Duragar that have been essentially chalked up to um, a darkness falling over the over ten towns as obviously sunlight sensitivity meant they couldn't retrieve things from the service before. But there have been speak of a leader by one or two of them that have been caught by the name of Zadarok Sunblight. Zadarok Sunblight. He apparently is the leader of these Duragar. He is, from what I can tell, is just a thug leader. There's nothing much that we know, but they we do know they have taken uh, Helm in an old castle that sits in the sp spine of the world, and he's referring to it as Sunblight. He named it after himself? Yes. Wow. Kind of egotistical. <laughs> yeah, who would ever name something after themselves? Garland just covers up the good beer logo on his uh, <laughs> flask. <laughs> Do I see that? Um, I would <laughs> like go to think with I see it. <laughs> passive perception. What is your passive perception? Um, thirteen. Let's roll a sleight of hand from Garland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you notice it. You notice it. That was a, oh. that was a, a, a modified one, by the way. Oh, because <laughs> I because I rolled a three, and minus two is one. Oh, I didn't, I didn't mean that for you, yeah, Carlin. It's, like it's this fun. makes sense. Your name it's is going to be fine. you make good mm. beer. Well, I'm trying that's to make not... good beer. Yeah, you've not named a whole town after yourself. Yeah, that's not what that I was guy. meaning. Like, it's not a castle or anything. After an awkward silence <laughs> ensues, um, so can we go and find the sigil, or is somebody else already looking for it? We have sent two of our guardsmen already in chase. However, if they are heading towards Sunblight specifically, mm -hmm. and they are specifically collecting Shardolin to create something, that block of Shardolin is going to be quite the uh, it's going to be quite the the, the addition to ah oh gods um, I cannot task you to head off into the mountains and find this sunblight and stop it but if you are looking for adventure and she 
grins in this kind of like please help me fashion as she's collecting up more things if you are looking for adventure and you are looking for some excuse to head off into the wilderness and be stupid i will not stop you i mean we've got to go and find some you know pixie things anyway so yeah just put the two things together sort of yeah Sounds good to me. Guys? <laughs> I am up for this. This sounds like a plan. And she'll pointedly look at Garland, who's probably <laughs> still soaking with her. <laughs> Just tugging on his beard. <laughs> Adventure! Woo! Yeah! Ingredient? No. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose they might have uh, something that's interesting out there. Maybe yeah. something or... I don't know what you're going to find, do you? Hmm. Well, um, if you are intending to travel out, I would suggest speaking with the stables. You'll be able to get yourselves some uh, equipment to travel. Be it um, snowshoes a dog sled or even an axe beak by all, by all means head towards them get yourselves fitted out it'll make your travel quicker um, if you if you do manage to uh, collect the sigil of East Haven and return it I, I don't know what I can offer you again as payment but I imagine Speaker Whalen is going to be very generous with his rewarding of that. Thank you very much. We'll happily do what we can. Excellent. Um, then I bid you good day. I must go speak with uh, Speaker Whalen. And she picks up her stuff and heads off back in the direction that uh, Speaker Whalen left. Cool, so looks like we're going to Sunblight then. Uh, heading that way. Do you think <laughs> the name Sunblight has anything to do with the fact that it's like super dark all the time? Or do you think it's just because we're really far north? Um, you can make a history check if you'd like. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say that if Garland makes it, he gets advantage, but... Um, um, yes, that would make sense. Ten. <laughs> Ten. Um, history, yeah? Yep. Yar. Uh, that'll be a 19. 19. Uh, just checking. Erica, are you jumping in on this? Or are you no, I was a... no leaving it to uh, Garland to do it. Garland, you already know this because it's uh, quite obvious for you, but um, Nereneth searching your own like particles of information that you might have sunblight specifically fits for a duragar because the dwarven naming of uh they come from different clans uh in the mountains or in the hills wherever they are uh they come from uh their regions are named so you'll have things like strong arm you'll have good beer you'll have uh, uh like cave dweller there are different uh, clans of dwarves and Duragar being dwarven in origin but a uh, more underdark version of them rather than the more mountainous mountain dwarf or shield dwarf 
um, they would have names like Sunblight, um, Barrowkeep, like darker names for um, their origins. Darker dwellings. Basically yes. a MySpace name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like my dark daughter Nix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes sense. If you can think of a pun out of the name, it's probably a character race thing, something like that. <laughs> okay. Anyway. But yes, uh, you know that Sunblight is a typical Doragar name. Um, it's fitting in the area as well, because obviously there is no sun. It's been yes. blighted out of the sky. It, it <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> well done, Wizards of the Coast. Looking great with that writing. <laughs> didn't phone that one in did you <laughs> oh well <laughs> if it was like a chosen name yeah I was, I've made this new race out of a oh, turtle Lord. creature what are we going to call it turtle um, oh, anyway, anyway I'm not getting into that <laughs> fight again like um, anyway. right so back back to the game yeah back to the now game now Steve's finished his mini vent <laughs> <laughs> I love Wizards of the Coast. They make some of my happiest moments in life. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right, <Anyway>. right. <laughs> I feel like I've just lost the plot entirely now of where we are. To the we stables. Leave. We need to leave. To the stables. Let's go get kids out for Excellent. travel and as cold. You, as you head towards the exit or onto the main trail of East Haven, uh, you head towards a quite large looking. A kind of circus wooden tent looking thing uh, that sits on the outskirts of East Haven where you meet a very happy kind of yellowish skin very wrapped up in fur looking goblin who sits outside this wooden tent looking building hey welcome to the stables um what can I do for you we have uh we have axe peaks and he points towards the back of the the, the building uh, we have axe peaks. They're fifty gold each. Um, you can keep them for fifty gold. All yours. And for those that may not know what an axe beak is, <laughs> very large, very furry but feather uh, feather furred creature, uh, bipedal bird-like creature with a huge beak that looks like a pelican that has had its nose caught in a train door, as it has a <laughs> an, a, a literal axe beak. Um, <laughs> They are all, um, they're all white feathered uh, and almost like camouflage for the snow area. Apart from one in one far corner that has dark brown blackish feather, uh, which um, <laughs> without ceremony, without commenting, uh, Kodar just walks up to uh, and bows towards this goblin before heading over towards the axe beak. Um, yep, 50 um, gold for those. Um <laughs> We have dogs, if you need dogs. Uh, they're fairly um, fairly cheap, but they don't go as fast as axe beaks, if you will. They need rest every hour or so because of the cold. Um, and, and if you need snowshoes, they're a lot cheaper. Um, but what can I do for you? We've got a fair distance to travel and obviously the weather. So um, would you recommend an axe beak as the best bet for long travel well um, or... let me just pull up my notes here from where is it gonna 
There we go. Um, so sled is going to cost you 20 gold for the sled itself. Um, oh. It weighs about 300 pounds with all the kit on the side of it and all that. Um, and you'll need a dog to pull it. A dog can pull about 360 pounds. So with someone else on it, you're going to need um, another two dogs at minimum for each sled. So that's going to cost you around 120 gold all in. Um, Axe beaks, like I say, 50 gold. You can sit on the back of it and it will ride. Um, it's a bit more uh, a bit more uh, sturdy than a dog. It's not having to pull a large amount of weight. It's just pulling you. Uh, so it, it can run longer. But um, they're 50 gold straight in. Yep. Uh, and also, I cannot guarantee that the creature is completely... Um, and he kind of starts stroking behind a very uh, gnawed ear. <laughs> they are... Uh, they are... Um, kind of... Uh, they're kind of... Uh, errant in their ways sometimes if you wake them up in a bad mood or something. Um, <laughs> but they're oh. good. <laughs> or if you just... If you want to save yourself some money, ten gold I can give you. And he pulls out of a, a wooden box next to the door or the opening of the the building. Uh, pulls out what looked like two massive tennis rackets and places them on the ground. He goes, ten gold I can give you some snowshoes, which are basically speed you up on the snow, but you don't have to have an animal dragging you around. All right. Um, just are you okay to just give us two minutes to discuss? Um... And then we'll get back to you. That's fine. Uh, he he just kind of smiles and sits back down on his little stool he's got next to the box. Okay, guys. I mean, I want an axe beak and I don't even have to sit down. <laughs> so I just want more for fun. And also, then the question was going to be, how do you want to pay? Because I'm kind of assuming you guys have your own money as well, or do we want to use what's in the treasury? Well, we've, we've just got, got given a thousand yep. of gold. Oh, yeah. We've got 1,025 gold <laughs> in the bank. So, totally happy to use that. Equally happy to use my own money. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy either way, but... Yeah. Might as well use what we've just been given. Yeah. And I 100% uh, want an axe beak. <laughs> oh, Axe Beaks, please! <laughs> um, as you say, four Axe Beaks, uh, he looks up and goes, Oh, if you're going to be uh, buying your friend one, and points towards Kodar, who is already uh, coming out on this slightly sturdier, slightly bigger Axe Beak than the rest of them, which was the brown oh, yeah. head one at the back, and he just pats oh. down on his head and goes, This is Ragnar. Ragnar is, um, <laughs> Ragnar is my, uh, my, my my go-to mount before walking through snow because feet get cold if you walk. Oh, Ragnar does not mind cold. Um, right. So you have one all already? Yes. He got one like on reserve that he just borrows whenever he's in town. Basically, he owns uh, oh. he owns the larger <laughs> one because he is a Goliath. He he is large. He's massive. <laughs> he he's is a, he's technically the the larger end of still medium, uh, but because of his weight and stuff like that, uh, he has a sturdier boy to hold on to when he's going <laughs> riding. Because you know, I wouldn't give him a pony if I was asking him to ride a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, um, Garland being a shorter boy, do you want a smaller axe beak or do you just want a normal size one? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was just asking that for fun. I would expect My eyes that are super from wide. The, from the. <laughs> I'm gonna choose I not to ask you. From you, my my friend. <laughs> but I'm offended. Offended. I apologise. I was just trying to say it how it was. Um, I don't have tact, as we discussed earlier. Um, I just wondered if you wanted a smaller one, if there was one available, because obviously they do bigger ones. Um, so I was trying to be inclusive, but going about it the wrong way. <laughs> it's really hard because I'm sitting here now just laughing my tits off. <laughs> I'm trying to get words out, it's hard. <laughs> Oh, I pissed off a tiny dwarf. <laughs> I mean, you're not that small. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit shorter, but yeah, it's not like yeah. Can you yeah. just try and get up on one and see if you can <laughs> make it up easily? Yeah. <laughs> As you guys head in and mention your interest in axe beaks, the goblin walks in with you and starts to pull free out of their respective kennels, if you will. Uh, and they are quite boisterous. You can see they've got three very chicken feet, uh, kind of free splayed toes with one larger one that reaches behind. Um, but they look quite sturdy on their foot and they seem to be, as they pounce around on their feet, they're quite nimble um, for their <laughs> this size. This is reminding me of when I worked with the alpacas. <laughs> when you went into the paddock, they just used to run around, but then mount each other. And you're like, no, no, <laughs> just stop. Separate. Um, all of them come uh, pre-saddled, um, so he leads one out and uh, places a small uh, footstool in front of one for you, Garland, to jump up onto. As it's, it's it's no shame trying to get up on top of. The, they're quite tall beasts if you if you're trying to you know. Um, I I use the stool if I'm riding them out, but you know. Pushes the stool aside and tries to climb up. <laughs> uh, I'm Don't just not exactly going to have a stool out in the snow, am I? I mean, I can sell you one for a gold, but. <laughs> just death glare. Um, it is a large beast, so I'm going to say make a athletics or an acrobatics of your choice, however you want to get up there. Athletics, just climbing and yeah, hauling yourself up. Yeah, it's a funny one. Yep, you. Uh, there's a bit of clumsiness from the, like you're holding onto the side of the saddle, and it is fairly high up for you, unfortunately, because of your height. But you manage to then lift yourself up, and the the axe beak kind of leans to one side as it allows you to get up onto the saddle. Um, and you are now, uh, you are uh, you are now riding an axe beak. <laughs> Yay! I did it all by myself. You did it. <laughs> so proud. It kind, of, it, it kind of, as it kind of lets you get back on it, it then ruffles its feathers a little bit and then just starts hopping around the the open area inside this stable area. Just allows you to get used to riding it. Essentially, it's a it, <laughs> it's fairly comfortable. It's not amazing. Uh, it's definitely not. I don't know if Garland has ridden a horse. Excuse me. Um, and for everyone else, if they have ridden horses either. Um, but there is 
there's a little bit more kind of uh, uncomfortableness uh, where the saddle is not your typical uh, designed for sleek and comfort. It's just a strap of leather they've stuck on the back to make it less painful for both axe, beak, and rider. Right. <laughs> nice. But it, it does in a pinch. Um, <laughs> get ready for everyone to start role-playing John Wayne in the next few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a shame this isn't on video. <laughs> <laughs> Just for some reason, everyone... Hey, I'm looking at you, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible impression. Done. Anyway. Um, it was anyway. good. It was solid. <laughs> um, so, you, uh, in your own turns managed to uh, get yourselves axe beaks. Axe beaks. Um, he, the goblin, looks at you and goes, okay, um, neither, none of them are named. We don't name them because obviously if you're buying them, they, uh, you might keep them for a longer period. So obviously if you're going to name them, you're keeping them for a lot longer than just this one ride. <laughs> Feel free to name them if you're keeping them though. Uh, as you've already seen, Kodar seems to have his, uh, his way with that one, and Kodar is just sprinting up and down this straight <laughs> at the moment on Ragnar. Wait, on. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm very excited. I will hand over the money because I'm not sure if we've actually said that. No, that's fine. Um, money. Remind me how much they were each. Uh, Fifty gold each. Fifty gold so each. So we just pay one hundred and fifty then, if. Yep. Yes. Cool. We're not getting a stool. Garland, are we? No. No, we're not. Can't get yourself killed. Alright, alright. In on me, Axe Beak. This is very exciting. Excellent. This is weird because I can't really sit down. So, because of... I'm mostly just... I'm in a sitting position, but kind of hovering above it. Because you are physical enough to wear armour, hold a sword, interact with items, you can yeah. allow yourself to basically drop. Uh, it's okay. just that you don't naturally have a walking speed. You tend yeah. to mainly float. But essentially, if you were to drop onto the ground and walk, you'd still be 30 walking speed sort of thing versus okay. your hover. It's just you naturally intend to... Because you are still spiritus in nature or ethereal in nature uh you uh you can sit all right thanks <laughs> yeah okay it's more for I'm the image of a ghost it. sitting on on an axe beak now i know <laughs> i know i know this is just weird i'm so, gonna trot around a bit to get used to it excellent as you mm. all take a moment to get used to riding this axe beak um in your own ways. Uh, can I have animal handling checks from everyone just to see how they're doing with them? No, you can't, because mine is minus one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, want to. You are joking ten. me. I've got a natural one. <laughs> you rolled a zero. I rolled a zero. zero. It's, Good. Because I, it's because I'm floaty. <laughs> um, 15. 15? No. 17. 17. Sorry, I, I I minus the one instead of plussing it. 17. Lovely. And for Nerenef... I'm used to minuses. <laughs> 10. 10, sorry. Lovely. Uh, so, Nerenef, you are, by and large, the mediocre one of the three at the moment. Not in a, a derogatory way, but like you're having those stumbling moments as you start to get used to this beast. Um, but you are also fairly 
fairly capable of like you're, you're getting the gist of if i pull this rein as it turns that way it starts to run in that direction if I, it's applying the same knowledge of like if i kick my haunches kick my heels into its haunches it will run if i pull on the reins it knows to stop and you're getting that way but it's a little um agitated a little aggressive when it it doesn't seem to understand just a gentle trot it either full pelts or it stops um <laughs> for uh garland you are quite adept with this quite natural it seems to be quite comfortable underneath you and it might just be that your one seems to be a little bit um less um uh, aggressive in its nature but it seems to be quite comfortable with you and trotting up and down the area um let's be honest it's because they gave me the short one it's because they gave me or because <laughs> you a child. because i because i like to imagine the the weird things that happen in the world when you're not there uh, it can smell the copious amounts of ale that you have on you and it's a good boy um it gets treats if it does well um, and for this is making me so happy right now as as you as each of you are wandering around coming out of the stable <laughs> and stuff like that and uh, uh, getting used to your axe beaks uh, you notice that you're not sure if it's you just keep passing each other at the same time but erica has been at the opening of the stable every time you got there and uh, like the the axe beak is just very it looks like someone who's just been told that it's got to work the late shift on Christmas Eve. It's like, yeah, <laughs> fuck you. I can't. <laughs> See, I just, I had this image of, like, the axe beak was carrying on moving and Erica's just <laughs> in the just, like, held in place. <laughs> That's the that definitely is now what's happening it, it, it's almost like the axe beak knows where you're like there's a limit to where your your reach as a will-powered based creature can, and it just yeah. kind of steps forward and leaves you in place and then every time you try to resaddle it steps to one side um, oh my god i was not expecting to laugh this much at this <laughs> you have the sassy axe beak I'm calling it Felicia. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. It seems like a suitably sassy name. Excellent. Oh, man. So. Um, yeah, my, mine, mine would be uh, Isabo. Isabo. Nice. Mm. Um, I don't know. That's fine. Oh, you don't no, have to I name it right now. You don't have to name it. No, I, I don't. I think she'll wait until she's kind of got used. To it. I think from from knowing bits about like her backstory and the way you are as a character at the moment, I feel like Nereneth would be that sort of person who waits for the creature to tell her its yeah. name, sort of thing. In that, well, yeah, it's obviously. Yeah. I, I was about. Because people don't know you're the podcast, I was about to go, well, it's obviously a George. And they went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for those that know Jade, that's fitting. <laughs> um, but yes, um, as you... Uh, <laughs> as you guys uh, pay for your uh, act speak and you sort yourselves out, um, you head out onto the East Way. 
uh, towards. Uh, I imagine you're heading towards Goodmead as the the location that was told mm-hmm. they were heading towards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with your axe beaks, even with the misbehaved ones such as Felicia, um, it halves the speed uh, or it halves the time to travel to areas. So it should take you four and a half hours of travel to get to Goodmead on foot, but it will only be taking you two hours and fifteen minutes uh, to get to Goodmead uh, by axe beak. Excuse me. Um. Whilst I remember, who is carrying the lantern, please? Which you got from... Uh... His eye. Excellent. Um, as... I, I literally just grabbed it and didn't even think about performing a magic check. No, that's right. Um, <laughs> as, you, uh, as you start to ride out into the snow and the, you start to head along, what looks like you can see there's still snow covering the track that you're following, but there's a visible drop where the snow that people are riding back and forth on and uh, walking through is a dip compared to the snow that would be around the fields that people uh, are not walking through as much. And you start to follow the tracking, especially with the map that you've got. And about an hour and a half, coming up to two hours later, as you can start to see the settlement of Goodmead rising up in the distance, and you can start to see the buildings uh, kind of almost like Almost like in that weird way in Animal Crossing when you're running up towards the horizon and you see them <laughs> popping up in that weird way. Uh, you can see that sort of distance-like thing. Uh, the lantern, wherever you are keeping it, starts to flare in a bright green. Look, look, look. It's glowing. Ooh. It's glowing! Does that mean we found the pixies? Can you see any? No. The lantern's glowing. I think it just means that we're near one. So what do we do? Keep riding and then if the lantern stops glowing, we go back? I don't know how these things work. Um, (laughs) You were told that if you're in the vicinity of one or if it's in that town, it will start to flare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was asking that in game because I was oh, like, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Steve, would Nereneth uh, know any way of tracking them? Um, I'd go make with a nature check for me. Sure. <laughs> Thirteen. Thirteen. You know that they're quite mischievous little creatures and they seem to appear when they want. They normally uh, are quite well hidden because they're not particularly um, strong creatures. Uh, They keep things at bay through defensive magic abilities they have uh, and try to keep themselves out of harm's way any other way else. Um, You're not sure what sort of tracks or anything like that sort of creature would leave. Um, and you haven't seen them yourself, but you get the sense that there will probably be signs of a, of that sort of creature if there's some sort of like weird, almost like a druidic sign has been left or sort of sort of thing. You could spot like the track market, not track markings, but like their their habits have been left in the area, sort of thing. Hey, um.
I don't really know what to do with that information. Um, I've got a thing that I would like to try. Um, so, if I were to use one of my class features, uh, magical tinkering. Yep. Um, so you imbue a tiny non-magical object uh, with a magical property of your choice. Um, five foot radius of light, up to six second long recorded message, emits an odor or a non-verbal sound. Yada yada yada. Um, I would like to just basically mix a couple of bits together into like a vial. Yeah. So that it just glows. Alright. And I just want to chuck it down on the ground to see. And we'll sort of carry on moving. Yeah. Just to see if anything tries to interact with this strange glowy thing. Okay. I think that's a great okay. idea. Okay. As as you um as you start to head on a couple of feet after leaving the uh, the bulb of magical energy you've left there, uh, keeping an eye out, uh, you notice that there is like a little sprout of snow that puffs up near it, and then you watch as this very small kind of almost like a watery blue spirit type creature comes out of the snow towards the light bulb uh, it has this white mask type uh, almost like hockey mask but with no holes or anything like that it just has a uh, little like filigree designs over it but it just walks up to the light bulb and just starts tapping it it's about oh, probably about uh, six inches to a seven or eight inches tall There's one. Do, do we have to catch it? Or just leave it? Oh no, don't catch it. That would be the worst thing. She's. Don't you remember what she said? She said she didn't want them to be caught. She wanted them to go willingly. Okay. Ah. Uh, try picking up the light bulb and see if it follows the light bulb. Sounds like a good idea. Going to walk over Excellent. and try and pick it up. As you walk over, it the, the little head of the the um, of the little spirit creature just looks up towards you. Uh, could you make a persuasion check just for me? You know, this is a great check for me to do. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure my dice tray is flat because it's sat at an angle. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, eight. <laughs> eight. You reach mm. down and pick up the light bulb. It like flinches away a moment, but as you then pick up the light bulb and hold it just there, it kind of just looks at you for a moment and then starts to oh. jump on the snow as if trying to reach the light bulb. Oh. oh my god, they're so cute. I'm Nerenef, what's your name? You hear a very weird voice in the back of your head that says its name is Tandy. Oh, such a cute name. Nice to meet you, Tandy. Um, how are you? She you're, seems looking really awkward. You're, <laughs> as you speak out loud, uh, you're, you get this weird sensation that it 
it's not speaking to you as such, but it's putting the thought in your head. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'll crouch down a bit closer to Tandy's level then. Um, has no one asked you how you are before? No. Sad. Do you feel sad? No. Well, then that's okay, then. Um, <laughs> do you have any friends? No. Just you? Yeah. Do you want to be my friend? Can I have the light bulb? If you'll be my friend, can you? you can have it? And it reaches up its hand towards you as if offering a handshake. And uh, <laughs> how small is it compared to so, me? So it, <laughs> you will basically offer your finger in a handshake. I was going to say, is it my finger? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'd offer my finger back. Excellent. Shakes your, hurt, your like, finger. Deal. <laughs> and then uh, holds out the light bulb. And it flicks its hand and the light bulb just disappears. So Tandy, can I introduce you to my my friends over here? Okay. Follow me. And then uh, she'll introduce them all to Tandy. Excellent. Um, Tandy floats up into space uh, in front of all of you, almost like levitating uh, and just kind of each in your own turn, you hear hello in the back of your head. Oh. This is awkward. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. Well, she's she's my friend now. Is it a she? I've just um, assumed it is. You don't. Do they uh, have a gender? You don't know if it has a gender, uh, especially as an elemental creature. Um, mm. It's more made in a way that it it it's part of an energy sort of thing. Yep. So it would be basically asexual. Well, they're my friend now because I let them keep the light bulb. I hope that's okay, Garland. Yeah, she'll look at you really strangely. Is it is it his? Um, and she, uh, sorry, not she. They point at um, at Garland. Is that I just mean... to me, or is that in all of our heads? Yes. To all of you. Uh, I made it, but um, if you like it, it's, uh, it's yours. And you have this very weird sensation, Garland, uh, where you start to feel like something is... It's almost like a charm spell is being cast over you of some sort. Um, and you then hear in your, he you hear in your head, Ah, speak will behave now. And you gain the blessing oh. of animal friendship. Oh. Oh. <laughs> this is adorable. Thank you. <laughs> That's um very very kind of you. Thank 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 you very much. That is fine. So there's like one more friend that I'd really love you to meet because they're really excited to meet one of you. 
Um, but we've got a bit of a mission to do first. Is that okay? I can come back and find you if you'd rather. Where are they? Uh, they are in uh, <laughs> East Haven. They're in a pub called the well, an inn called the White Lady Inn. Oh, She's that... called Danica. I know where that is. Did you want to? Shall I meet? Shall we meet you there? I will go to East Haven. <gasps> Thank you so much. It's been lovely meeting you, Tandy. Lovely to meet you all. Bye for now. Bye. Um, bye bye. It just blinks out of existence. It was so cute. Oh dear, if that worked. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers um, crossed. <laughs> Well, that was relatively simple. Yeah. Is, I'm a bit confused. Hmm? <laughs> uh, on onwards then. Excellent. Um, so you guys head on with uh, with this moment uh, in the snow dealt with. You head towards uh, Goodmead, which is where we will end our session for this evening. As you head towards the. Uh, the, the next town in ten towns you have been to. Um, whew, that was a fun one. Oh yeah. <laughs> making notes, making notes. Making notes. Ooh. And this is the first Garland, what was the name of your Axby? Um that would be Isabo, so uh, I S A B E A U. And bonus points to anyone who gets the reference. I feel like it's familiar, but I don't know why, yeah. so... I've, re I've read yeah. that somewhere. <laughs> find out next session. <laughs> tune, in, tune in next week to find out if anyone knew who Isabeau was. <laughs> um, but yes. Um, right. Okay. So, everyone gets... Whilst I'm remembering to do that thing... 816 XP each. 816! Do 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 do. Time for math! I believe this is the first session where you're not going to level up because of XP. Yes, <laughs> dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah, it's just, it's not saving any of my changes. What was our XP at the last session? Uh, you yeah. want to be 1,566. Oh, is it 266? I've always 1,566. I might have done math wrong. 1266 was what you oh, two, six, said, because it was 300 the yes. session before. Yeah. Thank you. And then what have we just got today? 16. 816. Thank you. I don't know what's going on, but I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed with my laptop now. <laughs> do, 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 do. Steve, please. Don't pitch it. Thanks. Oh. Right. So... Um, yes, so we will uh, pick up next week uh, for us yes. and for listeners um, at the uh, the wonderful um, Good Mead. Sister Foss. <laughs> see see what, what happens next week because the guys head towards Sunblight and deal with Yay. that thing. Yeah, I love, this. <laughs> I love this game. I love this game so much. I miss it's Good Books. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I'm grumpy. I'm basically the Aaron Hansen of this podcast now. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, bless you. But I secretly love every moment of it. Anyway, um... Do. <laughs> so, with that, uh, shall we wrap up for the evening? Uh, all the way, say bye, say bye. 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 Thank you for listening to 16 Candle Keeps. Your players were Emma Bamford as Erica Jones, Jade Leanne Pierce as Neronith Halladar, and Liam Thornton as Garland Goodbeer. Your DM was Steve Archer. Theme music by Steve Archer. Background music was performed by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. Other background music was performed by Bombarded Podcast and can be found at bombarded.bandcamp.com. All artworks thus far has been created by Bingle Bang Bang. Thank you for listening and we shall see you next week.